Welcome to the Tachles Show with Kira Chernikovsky. Tachles is a Hebrew word that means essence, purpose, to the point. Only necessary information. One to five actionable takeaways from every episode. Tune in to marketing, sales, and leadership conversations with people who succeed by doing things differently. Join every week for your dose of inspiration and action. Hi, everybody. It's Kira from Toronto here again. Today, I'm happy to welcome Max Beaumont, the guy who moved from sales to coaching of communications. He helps people to become more confident and positive communicators these days. Hi, Max. Happy to see you here. Uh, good to see you, Kira. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So, Max, to break the ice, just wanted to ask you, what's your favorite food and when you discovered that you love it? Okay, that's a good question. I think for anyone who knows the name of my business, they expect me to say potato chips because the name of my business is called Potato Chip Communications. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would say my favorite food, really, I'm a simple person, a cheeseburger and fries. I would never tell. <laughs> a cheeseburger and fries are probably my, my favorite thing to have. When did you discover that? At the age of five, ten? That's funny. Um, yeah, since I was young, I've always just liked a, a hamburger and fries. But I would say recently I've been on like a burger craze. Like I, I go to all oh these different burger restaurants and I live in Toronto. So I'm always going around Toronto looking for, I had a burger last night at a restaurant in Toronto. So I'm always looking for burgers. I will connect you with my 10 yeah. year old son. <laughs> so okay. looking at you, he <laughs> is smart and he loves burgers. So perfect. <laughs> he has I, the perfect future. I like how my, my food tastes are equivalent to a 10-year-old. That's great. I also, <laughs> I also like chicken fingers. Oh, that's my daughter. Okay, that's even younger. Awesome. Great. How about you? What's your favorite food? I eat everything, but my favorite food is beer. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I hope I'll have long life <laughs> despite that. Okay, dokie. Then... Max, please tell me about your professional journey because I don't know you too well, but I understand that you've yeah. been in sales and business forever and yeah. then you changed. Why? Yeah. To what? What triggered you? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I started off my career doing teaching. So right after university, I went to South Korea and I taught English in South Korea for a year. Wow. Um, but when I came back, yeah, yeah. So that was a completely wild, completely different experience. It was amazing. When I came back, I got into sales and I was working for a, a company that does film distribution. So I was selling TV shows and films uh, internationally. So I was doing that. Just before that, before I actually left for Korea, throughout university, I was working for a health food company selling health food products. So that's actually how I started my career in sales But when I got back from Korea, I got really into it through, through film distribution. When I finished that, I was working, uh, doing fundraising, actually. So I, I ended up working for a nonprofit for, for a short stint where I was doing fundraising and recruitment. So I would go to all these different companies and organizations and raise money for the organization. So it was sort of like sales, but for a nonprofit. And then I was working for a manufacturing company for three years Uh, helping them grow their business across Canada. And that's where I got the idea to really make the shift 
in my career because during that job, I was giving a presentation almost every single day mm. to audiences anywhere from three, four people to three, four hundred people. And this was every day for three years. I would see new audiences. And it got to a point where I said, you know what? This is something that I really like doing. I really like teaching. I sort of thought about my experience teaching. And I said, how can I combine those two things? So one day I created a course on how to give an effective presentation. From all my presentation experience, I created this course. And um, I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a business out of this. I'm going to go to different companies and organizations and do seminars and trainings on how to give uh, a good, effective, confident presentation. And that's what really the start of uh, my business. Well, that's and wonderful. That's so you knew what you like, you took your knowledge, you packaged it differently, and you actually used your sales skill yeah. to sell your services. That's wonderful. Yeah. So what is exactly that you are doing today mm-hmm. And whom are you teaching, I might say? What are your main audiences? It's a good question. So since COVID, it's, it's, the business has changed a little. Everything's online now. But, so, but just before COVID, the audiences are the same pre and post and during COVID. But in terms of what I do, I help all different types of business professionals with their presentation, networking, and interpersonal skills and their sales skills. So... My audiences range from marketing professionals to uh, lawyers, engineers, anyone who has to speak with clients, essentially. So anyone who has to get new clients. And, you know, a lot of people in professions where you wouldn't think they need to present, need to present. Because even if you're an engineer, even if you're an architect, if you're a professional, you still need to go out and get business. So I'm working with a lot of different types of audiences mostly on presentation skills, but also a lot of sales, networking, and just general interpersonal skills. And I'll do seminars and training. So I'll go into their businesses and we'll do a day or a half day training mm. with anywhere from you know, five to 20, 25 employees. And we'll do a whole sort of interactive day of helping develop whatever skills they're looking to develop and improve on. And um, I'll often do coaching as well. So I'll do one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. So if someone needs help with a pitch or they need feedback on a pitch or they'd like to design a presentation and they they don't know where to start or they just want some tips on how to be better at networking or communicating their points, so many different things. I'm working with an executive right now who's just refining his pitch to investors. So there's lots of different audiences and different things that I do. And what is the toughest audience? Who are the toughest? Because you mentioned people mm. that really I didn't expect to hear, like engineers, engineers and yeah. versus CEOs. So probably CEOs are very confident. They know everything. And yeah. technical people are probably shy. Yeah. Who is the toughest? It's a good question. I don't want to put anyone under the bus here, right? Because I love everyone that I work with. Yeah, don't well, say marketing. I, I would <laughs> <laughs> No, I would say, you know, there's different, different needs for different audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, Marketing professionals generally are are more outgoing and actually more comfortable in general speaking to an audience. I know, you know, for marketing professionals in particular, I actually find that the best people to work with are the people who want to learn, 
who are open to learning yeah. and want to get better. And I feel like marketing professionals really are open to learning, especially when it comes to presentation skills. And, and they, really want to, they really want to get better. So that's a, marketers are probably an easier audience. I would say lawyers sometimes are, are a little tougher because mm-hmm. I think they're just sort of, they naturally question everything. So they might be a little more skeptical but they also really want to improve their sales skills and their presentation skills. So it does, I don't know if there's a big difference between each audience. It's more the individual, like individual. it comes down mm-hmm. to the individual wanting to learn. And if someone's not really willing to put the effort into learning and changing and being open to it, then, you know, that's what makes it tough. So I don't know if there's a really tough audience, but, the easy audience, I would say, are the marketing professionals because more than not, they want to learn. They're enthusiastic about it. Thanks for that answer. I think we can pack it here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Your audience is probably marketing professionals, correct? Uh, probably, yeah. So then let's move to the more practical part of the conversation mm-hmm. because when I attended only one uh, of your courses, just a short one, I heard something that actually amazed me. I had that aha moment. And I wanted to ask you to share some of the insights, some of the wisdom about how to become a better presenter, a communicator with the wider audience. And there was something that you said about mindset. And I also saw you posted about that on LinkedIn. How it's actually good to look forward to the presentation and not to be afraid of that. Can you expand mm. on that, on that mindset that you were talking to us about? Sure. Yeah. So I, I call it what you're referring to is I call it the helping mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think the post you're referring to on LinkedIn, I said something about don't look forward to finishing your presentation. Look forward to doing it. Yeah. That. Because we, especially if you're in a role where you have to give, a lot of presentations, why should we have to go through our, our work lives looking forward to finishing the presentation? We should look forward to doing the things that we do at work and presentations being one of them. The way I look at it is a presentation is an opportunity to help someone or mm-hmm. multiple people. And if it's not, then we should be changing what our presentation is about. Like if our presentation isn't helpful or interesting to our audience, then we shouldn't be presenting it most likely, you know, I mean, that's what the presentation is for. It's not for us. It's for our audience. So, you know, my my whole theory is if we focus on how we're helping the people we're presenting to, we're going to feel good about giving that presentation. If you don't believe that what you're saying is going to be interesting or helpful to the people around you, it's going to be hard to feel excited. It's going to be hard not to feel nervous or uncomfortable up there. But if you truly believe that what you're saying is, is helpful, and it could be as helpful as helping them organize their time better, it could be as simple as that, you're going to feel a lot better about giving that presentation. So that's, in a nutshell, what, what my mindset is, is get into a mindset where you believe what you're doing is helping. And the way to do that is just you have to articulate what it is that you're saying and how your audience can potentially benefit from it. So that's awesome. Helping people and being confident what you are saying is helping people. That's a great mindset. But also we need to remember that there are people on the other side of the screen. So do you take into consideration the humane aspect of this uh, presentation? Because you just said you need to be helpful. Do you learn about the audience? Do you know who they are? 
how do you do that? How you connect your message to their need? Yeah, definitely. So depending on who my audience is, I think about what their goals are, right? So before, you know, when I used to work for a company in manufacturing and I'd give a presentation to architects, let's say, that was my audience. Um, I would look at the company before giving my presentation and I would look at what the company does and I'd look at what architects do. I know what architects do because I've worked with them a lot. So I'd write out what their goals are. And let's say I'm, I'm going to a company who really focuses on energy efficiency. Then I'll write out those goals. Okay, these architects are looking to design buildings that are really energy efficient and comfortable. Mm. And uh, they have a certain type of design that they're after. So I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on those points because I know that these are their goals. And if I can talk to their goals, that's going to be a lot more helpful to them as opposed to focusing on the other parts of my presentation that won't have a direct impact on them. And what were you selling to those architects? What was the product? Fans and lights. So gigantic oh ceiling fans. I used to work for a company called Big Ass Fans and they sold, <laughs> they made the largest ceiling fans in the world that were like 24 feet in diameter. Oh, that doesn't okay. sound, sound too much exciting. No, it was actually very exciting, believe it or not. <laughs> um, yeah, but they also sold like sm uh, small, like smart ceiling fans as well that were really nice and, and architects love those. So we yeah. have to see that presentation. Yeah, <laughs> I could probably still do it. I gave it so many times. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, you were talking about those uh, professions like architects and lawyers, which mm -hmm. regular people don't deal with a lot, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, but um, then the presentation that you are given, how do you connect with them? How do you like humanize the presentation, I would say, because yeah. maybe not all the people are as friendly as marketeers are. Yeah, listen, you're not going to get someone that you're not, you're not necessarily going to get smiling faces in the audience throughout the whole time. Uh -huh. right? That's just part of it. But, you know, as a presenter, you need to recognize that. Oh, I'll tell you a really quick story, actually, that helped me a lot. Because uh -huh. when I first started out in my sales career, I remember doing a presentation in front of... Um, a bunch of buyers for in film distribution. There was like 10 of them and they were buying, they were buying TV shows actually. And mm -hmm. I was doing a presentation about our catalog, what we sold. And I remember like nine of the people in the audience, like nine out of 10 of them really enjoyed the presentation. They were really into it. And I remember one of them gave me a hard time and I could tell on his face, he was just ever, he was looking for a fight. Nothing, uh, nothing was good. Uh, he asked a question every two minutes in a very sort of adversarial way. You know, it, it, was, it, was, it was tough. And I remember thinking that it wasn't a good presentation at the time. Uh -huh. But, you know, looking back on that, I realized that you're never going to please everyone. I don't want to say never, but you can't always please everyone. And that's okay. And when I look back on that, really now, I look back on that as a big win. 90% of the audience was really exactly, engaged. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Totally. So in terms of, you know, winning over your audience or how, how to deal with maybe a, a more skeptical or unfriendly audience, you really just, that's where this mindset piece comes into, mm -hmm. comes in handy so much. Like you have to be so confident in that what you're saying is potentially beneficial and helpful to your audience. And you just have to keep that in mind. Like I know what I'm saying can, can really help. Like, I believe that from the research that I've done and the points that I'm saying and put together, I truly believe that there is something helpful here. 
you know, and I know what I know. Yeah. Um, what do you do if you see that people are actually genuinely not interested or falling asleep? How do you wake them up or keep the conversation going or take them on board with you to maybe refresh that presentation or change it on the fly? It's a great question. You know, it's a great question because we should always be constantly engaging our audience. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes it a little more difficult over webcam. Totally. Especially if people's cameras are off. They can just take a nap and you'll never know. Absolutely. But, you know, I, that's why, I mean, there's only so much, like for me as a speaker, like I want to do everything in my power to be engaging. I want to do everything in my power to be engaging. But like I just said in my last point, you're not always going to win everyone over or please everyone. So you never know what's going on in someone's head. They could be having a horrible day or, you know, for whatever reason, they could not be into the presentation. And there's just some times that you know, you're not going to engage every single person. But I think some t- tips and tricks to, to keep people engaged is, mm-hmm. first of all, to make eye contact with them. Like, make sure everyone's involved in your presentation. You know, an easy way to, yeah, <laughs> an, an easy way to lose people is not paying attention to them with your body language. So even if there's 20, 25 people in the room, like try to make eye contact with all of them, you know, make sure that they all feel a part of the presentation. If people aren't feeling part of the presentation, whether it's through your body language or what you're saying, they're going to have more reason to tune out. So we need to do everything in our power to sort of keep them engaged. And and a big part of that is turning your body towards them, looking at them. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Turning your, yeah. Turn your body, like, like show people that you're interested in them by giving them open body language. I think that's a huge part of being an engaging speaker. How do you do that online? Like the body is up to shoulders. So online, it's a little different, but uh-huh. uh, online you want to look at the, I think looking into the camera a good amount of the time, let's say, I don't know, 40 to 60% of the time looking mm-hmm. into the camera. So you're looking at the directly at the, the audience And then also spending some of your time looking at the users on the screen so you can gauge the reaction. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I I also, here's another tool, engage people who aren't listening, is say their name. Wow, yeah. (laughs) Or or if you don't want to be that direct, ask a general question. Mm -hmm. And you can make eye contact with people in the audience that aren't necessarily looking at you. So you can say, if someone's sort of dozing off over there, has anyone heard of the Canadian Marketing Association before? Has anyone used HSBC before? Uh, has anyone, you know, just a general question. And then when someone hears a question, they're more likely to tune in and listen. Like, oh, so there's a question, like I need to listen, right? So oh, wow, that's of, a great tip. I'll yeah, use that. I'll yeah, use that, yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it makes people think, oh, okay, I need to listen right now. And if someone hears their name, or even if someone hears someone else's name, they're more likely to listen. You know, if I say Kira in the middle of my presentation, you're for sure going to be like, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> someone is calling on me. Someone right. remembers I'm there. Actually, yeah. that's a great point as well. When we have huge meetings of like 20, 30 people, that's true. And people are not always engaging for sure. And there was something that you told about the simplicity. I think in the Zoom environment, and I meet that, I see that every day, our pitch decks are um, not a great fit for Zoom because the attention span of the people is shortening dramatically. People don't have time. They, uh, they cannot ask the same questions over, over the web. 
what would you say? How can we simplify what we are saying or showing or whether we should show something at all? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I say is, can a 14-year-old understand my message? A 14-year-old, yeah. A Uh 14-year-old. If a 14-year-old can't understand my message, then it might not be the best message because I want as many people to understand what I'm saying as possible. And I also want as many people to remember what I'm saying as possible. So one of the things that sometimes we forget is that not everyone is sitting in our presentations. There's other influencers and decision makers and Mm. all different types of people that aren't actually present. So I always want to make it a priority that the people in my presentation, when they speak to those other people, they can remember. It's simple enough. The main points are simple enough to listen to and remember that they can take it in and then pass it on to those people. Actually, it's becoming viral. Right. Oh, that's an awesome tip. Great. Yeah, I think the main points are there. Great advice and tips that everybody can take away and implement immediately, including myself. I bet I'm trying to look at the camera. (laughs) My body language is not there just yet. (laughs) You've got great lighting in your background and and your whole head's in the screen, which is already a big win because a lot of people who we communicate with over, over Zoom their heads sort of like this <laughs> yeah, at the time. that's true. <laughs> so, and, and we don't know who that is. And their right. names are phone numbers. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> so in terms of effective body language, you want to be able to see people. Definitely. But yeah, that would be great. Then you see whether they engage or not, unless it's their picture. I wanted to ask you to wrap up this conversation. Mm. One main thought that you would like our listeners, be those marketing community or anyone else who is dealing with other people and talking to them all the time, what is the main thought you want people to remember from this conversation? Hmm. That's a good question. Can I do two things? Yes, you can. Okay. So if you are giving a presentation, uh, we talked about this earlier in the conversation, but I really do believe that in terms of improving your confidence, improving how your audience will react to your presentation, having a helping mindset, which means, again, focusing on how you are helping your audience, that for me is like the biggest thing that helps me become a better speaker and a better presenter and helps all the clients I work with become better speakers and better presenters. That's Mm -hmm. the number one thing is is adopting that helping mindset. So just think about who your audience is and how your message can be helpful to them. And it can be helpful in so many different ways. Think about their mental health, their physical health, their their job, their finances, um, just the structure of their day, You know how it can help them maybe get a promotion or get more money, whatever it is. There's so many different results of what your message can help. So think about what those are. And if you do and you believe that what you're saying is helping, you're going to be a better presenter. Your energy is going to be different. You're going to feel better. Your audience is going to receive it better. So I would say that that would be the number one thing to take away. This is mine as well. If I would take one takeaway, the positive mindset, that's something I'm going to work on. And then the second. And the second really, and this is sort of my, my philosophy when it comes to just communication skills in general is I think the most important thing is, and this goes back to the mindset as well is taking an interest in other people. Like mm-hmm. I think the best communicators in the world are people who, who genuinely are interested in other people. And, you know, I, I look at some of the people that I look up to who deliver their messages in a way where you can tell they care about their audience. 
And, and I'm not even speaking about presenting specifically. I'm also talking about networking and just interacting with colleagues, just communicating in general. We like being around people who take a genuine interest in us. And I think so that goes to all aspects of communicating when it comes to sales, networking, interpersonal skills, presentations. Remember that, you know, if, when we take a genuine interest in others, I think that's where it starts. And um, Dale Carnegie, one of the communication gurus, yeah. one of his famous quotes is, you can win more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. I know that's a little bit of a mouthful. But essentially, no, but that's great. And that yeah. is as applicable to businesses, especially in the internet age, as it is applicable to personalities. Totally. Oh, that's totally. a great wrap up. I said one takeaway, but I'll, I'm taking the second takeaway from okay, you as good. well. <laughs> Love it. And then good. where can people find you? What questions can they ask? Yeah, you can go to my website, uh, potatochipcommunications.com. I've got all my, my programs on there. I've got videos on there, tips. Um, or you can just you can email me directly at max at potatochipcommunications.com. That's, awesome. that's, that's very simple. Yeah, we talked yeah. about simplicity. So here you go. Yeah. That's very simple. Thank you so much, Max. 